you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Vidite ako se napravi greška, tako ki bude kobna, nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to to remain more sexy lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija in izvinite gregi. Ja, ja. Ja, what is the number right now? Well, it will be the same. Like 64. 64? Uh, oh, good. Some... They had and they... But uh, ISDSM is trying to put a positive spin on this, saying that now we have reliable 64. Well, before that, we had two, three, maybe even four who were unreliable. They wouldn't like uh, vote against the government, but they wouldn't bother coming to parliament or anything. Okay. Well, let's see. Let me, re let me rework this uh, real quick here. The slight reshuffle in government of Macedonia is... There is a slight reshuffle. Okay. There's I mean, they still reshuffle. haven't voted. It could yeah. still go blow up entirely. A slight reshuffle in the government of Macedonia currently going on. Hang on. Uh, currently going on. Are you writing your intro? <laughs> I am, yes. A government... While we're recording. I'm, I'm revi... Right? Yes, exactly. So, all right. We're going well, live. As, as, as James Lilac says, let's have ourselves a podcast. <laughs> Three, two, one. There is a slight reshuffle going on in the government of Macedonia, a government led by Sudasem before 1991, the League of Communists of Macedonia, together with Dewey <laughs> before 2002, the so-called National Liberation Army, a, quote, army, unquote, led by Ali Ahmeti, who wanted to, quote, liberate, unquote, ethnic Albanians from Macedonia. Before, <laughs> before this slight reshuffle, the government had 64 members of parliament. Uh, as this reshuffle is currently going on, the government has, um, hang on a moment, please. Oh, 64 members of parliament. <laughs> who joined? <laughs> who left? Who still might likely leave? What does the founder of Uchika in Kosovo have to do with all this? And what's the fallout from the 151st celebration of the birth of Macedonian, let me try that again, Macedonian patriot and hero, Gotse Delchev? Inquiring minds want to know. We'll discuss all of this and more in this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the snowy and snow-filled Catalina Mountains Seriously? in Floral Valley, Arizona. Yes. Wow. I can't believe that this is Tvitin Shulimanov in Skopje, which has barely a smidgen of snow on, the, on its mountain. We just, we just had a winter, couple of winter storms come through, and there's another one coming through this weekend. The snow level last night crashed to about 1,000 meters, so that's uh, 3,000 mm -hmm. feet. Uh, and I live, where my home is, is about 900 meters, so what's that, 2,700 feet above sea level. So it's just right at the bottom of the mountains. It just missed us here. I was... I got up mm -hmm. early this morning, you know, to go to the gym, and I, I peeked out the window, and I thought I would see my backyard and snow. No, it rained. Got good rain, but it was beautiful. Oh, the mountains are just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So, actually, I got. It's funny cool. thing is, I got to the gym, and a number of the cars there were had snow because they're coming from further <laughs> north. Oh yeah. So, in the desert. It, in the desert, it is colder. It has been colder here. I mean, this year has started out really cold and really wet, which is good. When you live in the mm -hmm. desert, you never complain about precipitation. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I know what's coming in the summer, you know, 45, 48 degrees Celsius. So uh, I'll take the cold right now. Yeah. But do you have uh, uh, UFO balloons in your part of the <laughs> Actually, the, uh, the UFO balloons are, are um, uh, put in the air by the National Weather Service down by the University of Arizona. So... Uh, we have, They're not we have, the actual UFOs. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, actually, for the record, and all all uh, all seriousness aside, um, I I do not believe in, in in aliens. Just to get that out there and off my chest. No. So, uh, but uh, but I do believe uh, in progressives, uh, elite progressives <laughs> that act like aliens. Uh, and, and in the aliens you get in Arizona, which is the difference. Oh, yeah, the illegal aliens, <laughs> of course. Yes, yeah, that too. That's <laughs> the a, that's a, <laughs> that's for reals. Oh, goodness. And 
did the uh, cloud of toxic smoke reach your part of the country? Well, actually, we had the funny thing is not funny. It's 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 serious. Uh, there was a toxic spill on Interstate 10, which goes oh. it, 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 the it, it's the bottom of the country, basically from Los Angeles back east. Uh, mm-hmm. And here in Tucson, there was a track a tractor trailer truck that overturned with. I don't know, some sort of... So the area is still closed off. Uh, this was just yesterday. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, so you're going full Atlas Shrugged uh, all across the country. <laughs> wow, that's oh. interesting. Yeah, it's... Yeah, there it's was something in Texas bad. and the air balloons and uh, and the stuff that hasn't been fixed for years, like Flint and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah, it's, it's, coming it's, apart. It's late empire, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it can still be turned around, but I don't think. Uh, well, that's a whole other discussion. Late Weimar stages of collapse. Yeah, of societal collapse. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, anyway, well, let's see. Okay, enough about the weather and toxic spills and Atlas shrugged. Mm. Uh, Macedonia. That's what we are. The Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast, oh, yeah. Yeah. episode one five one. Today we're recording this on February fifteen. Uh, yesterday was, uh, as I like to point out, I'm a hopeless romantic, so I always point out that February 14th is actually Arizona State Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but we're, look, we're already halfway through, more than halfway through February, and it feels like it just started, so. Yeah, uh, yeah it's starting fast after January. Yeah, but, and, uh, and the government is, uh, uh jumping, the government of Macedonia is, uh, getting a, a jump on, uh, kind of reshuffling itself and I'm trying to make sense of so today yeah today we're recording Wednesday the 15th uh the government still actually hasn't had a final vote on this who's in who's out Svetin yeah by now it's pretty clear what's happening uh, we don't expect any more surprises except that we'll have to do an extra podcast if something <laughs> surprising actually happens so uh the government was made up of SDSM and Dewey and a bunch of smaller partners, and they barely got to 61, which is necessary to form a government. They had like 64 after they brought on one of the three smaller ethnic Albanian parties, the alternative party. This was a year ago. Mm -hmm. So this was the current makeup of the government. Uh, But then they couldn't have like a, a quorum in parliament to hold a session. They could barely uh, pass any legislation because with 64 and you need 61 to make parliament work, uh, somebody's always sick, traveling, doing something. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and the opposition decided that they're going to boycott parliament because of the overall totalitarian police state behavior of the government and uh, uh, they wouldn't provide the quorum. So, the uh, and on top of this, a bunch of factions appeared both in SDSM and especially in Dewey. Mm-hmm. So in Dewey, usually you would not have a faction because, as you said, it's a former guerrilla army and you get killed if you try to <laughs> faction too much. <laughs> yeah. But now they have an active, very loud, very vocal, very open faction with at least two members of parliament. So they went down from 64 to 62 or possibly less. Mm. Uh, SDSM, after... Uh, so a year ago when they removed Zoran Zaev, when Zoran Zaev left after he lost the local elections uh, he has been okay in good terms with his party until recently now things are beginning to heat up uh, we, we began to have uh, you know, reports that he's not satisfied he wants to see the government collapse and uh, take, take back the party uh, he wants his successor Dimitar Kovacevsky to fail so there was a lot of talk that even SDSM members of parliament could join in an attempt to bring down the government along with this fraction in Dewey. So Kovacevsky decided to um, preempt this. Uh, uh, and of course, there was the ongoing talk by the US ambassador, Aguilar, that uh, she wants people in prison. Mm. Now we're still not sure whom we are discussing, probably... Uh, Dewey people and somebody in uh, SDSM, possibly from Zaev's faction. So, uh, with all of this, Kovacevsky decided to uh, kick out this smaller Albanian party, the alternative party, mm-hmm. which only had like uh, three or four seats, depending on how one of their members of parliament is feeling today. 
and with this, because they caught SDSM and do in a tight spot, when they didn't have 61 votes, uh, they negotiated a huge ransom. They negotiated uh, uh, two very important ministries, healthcare including included here. Uh, another ministry, I think, a bunch of uh, lower level, uh, very lucrative positions in the government, uh, in the public administration. Mm -hmm. So now they're being expelled in favor of their former partner, the Alliance of Albanians Party, led by Dr. Arben Taravari, who is the mayor of Gustivar. Um, Taravari was very close to Vemera, to the opposition. He was elected mayor with the help of the opposition votes. Um, he gave his word, he swore that, you know, he's gonna, going to, his main goal in politics is to fight against Dewey, to bring down Dewey, so that he's a solid opponent of this government. But um, after a couple of visits by U.S. Ambassador Aguilar to Gostivar, to, he came to Skopje and he came around. In the meantime, he apparently bought a house in Skopje for, from a former Dewey official for uh, peanuts. Mm. And uh, it's, even the peanuts were apparently not paid out, so he, he was practically given a house. Mm. <laughs> so he brings eight votes in Parliament. Uh, and uh, at the same time, the government immediately lost the three or four votes from the Alliance of Albanians. Mm -hmm. So the smaller Albanian party is out, from the in, in, is back in opposition. A larger opposition Albanian party is joining the government. Um, SDSM uh, is giving away the justice ministry to the uh, uh, Alliance of Albanians and is giving practically most of what the alternative party had. So they're doing a smaller reshuffle to keep, they're desperately trying to keep the number of ethnic Macedonians in government, even to the number of ethnic Albanians. Otherwise, uh, with this, uh, if the alliance has, would have gotten like a proper um, uh, number of uh, ministries, but by now we would have a, we would have a, a government with more ethnic Albanians than Macedonians, which is ridiculous in a country which is 65% Macedonian and 25% Albanian or something. Mm -hmm. So um, they're doing a bit of reshuffling. They're taking, SDSM is giving one important ministry, uh, taking a lesser ministry from Dewey. It's giving away a bunch of uh, government uh, positions, government public institutions to the Alliance of Albanians to accommodate their appetites. Uh, so they gain eight seats, they lose three or four from the alliance. Uh, immediately, the, a small Macedonian party, former interior minister Pavle Trajanov, who is always with the winning side, um, tries to be, at least. <laughs> he immediately announced that he is leaving the government because, you know, he objected to the number to the growing influence of the Albanians in the government. He added stuff like, you know, lack of fight against corruption, other uh, issues. So he's out. So this means one vote less in, uh, for the government. And the Dewey faction, which we believe it's between two and four people, uh, they will probably be kicked out of Dewey. After wow. the, or, or, or we'll see at least mm -hmm. when the vote comes for the government, how they position themselves. Mm. So eight uh, votes are coming into the government's account, into the ruling majority, and then uh, Pavle Trajanov leaves, three or four people from the Alliance of Albanians, and uh, two to four people from Dewey are leaving. So we are more or less at the same, except that uh, uh, it's a larger, uh, solid, more solid uh, Albanian, uh, uh, to the point you can trust Albanians <laughs> anymore <laughs> to mm. keep their word <laughs> when it comes to government reshufflings. <laughs> uh, so a larger Albanian party is joining and promising to support the government uh, in exchange for less uh, reliable Dewey members of uh, parliament. Interesting. Okay, well, a couple of things that you mentioned there, I was kind of jotting down some notes, and that's a, that's a good recap, thanks. Uh, I think our listeners will appreciate that. Um, you mentioned it the... It will be on the test. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, so the alliance that's, um, 
uh, Arvin Paravati. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the appetite, uh, how many, basically it's horse trading. How many positions are they going to get for coming into the government, both at the ministerial and deputy ministerial level? Yeah. Two uh, important ministries, yeah. one uh, vice deputy prime minister seat uh, and, uh, gosh, I'm so blurred by now. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's the main stuff. And then they will get like the tax, like the IRS equivalent. Mm, they will get like uh, railways, uh, even the roads utility company, which is very lucrative. Lots of money there. It's mentioned. So, yeah, it's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, remember, boys and girls, as you listen to this, that the goal of growing up to becoming a member of parliament is not to serve the people, but is to see just how much cash you can get, apparently. Um, I'm reminded when you, again, when you mentioned appetites, I'm reminded of the apocryphal story. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's too good to check. Uh, when J. Paul Getty became the first dollar billionaire in the United States in the mm -hmm. 1970s, um, oil, of course, uh, reporter asked him, Mr. Getty, how much is enough? And Mr. Getty responded, just one dollar more. So, yeah, so all of these, all of these, um, the rats that aren't leaving the sinking ship, if I can put it that way, are trying to get as much as they can. I, I was also thinking, it would be, I think it would be useful um, for the next podcast and future podcasts, as well as to put up perhaps on our, our social media, etc., put up on our uh, Substack, etc., uh, kind of a scorecard. So how many, so a total number of ministries and deputy ministers there are in the government of Macedonia, plus um, things like, you know, the, the uh, internal revenue service and, and other plum jobs, um, depends on how we define those. And then, so make a list of that first. And then let's see, you know, just, just for fun. I'm not saying that, you know, you know, any, I'm not trying to read anything into this, but just saying, you know, how many, you know, how many ethnic Macedonians, ethnic Albanians, uh, how many Serbs, Turks, um, you know, blocks, etc. I'm just curious. Uh, I'm not mm -hmm. trying to make a, a, a Huntingtonian argument, as in the late, great Samuel Huntington, Clash of Civilizations. Uh, but actually, I am trying to make that argument. So <laughs> um, it would be interesting just to try and, uh, try and figure that out uh, and see who's got what. And, and what they got for it. Yeah, it's a total war for public resources, for mm. patronage. Well, that's too bad. That's no way to run a country. Uh, and as I mentioned just before we started recording, um, you know, the, uh, saw the latest, the latest uh, inflation numbers are 17%. But as you mentioned in our, in our banter before, that's, that's overall, it um, doesn't include... Well, uh I think it includes like more specialized stuff like food and that right. is not like the general inflation. Yeah. I think it's like 12 or something. I mean, depending on how back you go, but yeah, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's, yeah. it's no, it not is. good. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's still, it's still too high here, but um, I mean, I guess the good news is it's, it's inching down bit by bit, but that's only because the, uh, the leaders in my country and your country are, are, um, you know, they were, they they didn't do enough early enough to try and tackle it. So it was uh, it was uh, what was the phrase Jerome Powell used a year and a half ago? Uh, transitory. <laughs> it ain't transitory. So uh, let's um let's There's nothing more permanent. <laughs> no, that's that's Milton Friedman. There's nothing more permanent than a yeah. than a temporary government program. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so all of this as we're talking about it, of course, the government reshuffle, et cetera, they, they want, obviously, to eventually be able to have 81 votes so that they can change the constitution of the Republic of Macedonia to include Bulgarians, which is what Bulgaria is demanding in order to lift its temporary stop, veto, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. on Macedonia advancing to join the European Union. Uh, and, of course, we just celebrated on February 4, the 151st uh, anniversary of the birth of Macedonian patriot and hero Votze Deljev. Uh, I think we recorded before that, I believe. Yes, we did. And we were predicting, uh, what did we call the title of that podcast? Uh, uh, something foretold. Uh, announced, uh, foretold, yeah. Yes. Foretold <laughs> yeah, yeah we, th we thought there would be 
We thought there might be violence and whatnot. There wasn't. Good. I'm glad. We don't. We don't. Violence yeah. isn't isn't going to help in a situation like this. But there were issues. Yeah. Uh, Bulgarians were some Bulgarians were stopped at the border, and um, there was a, a malfunctioning um, equipment system in, at the border crossing that yeah. didn't allow them to cross. And so, of course, the uh, the Bulgarians now, in in typical typical fashion, are playing the victim here, uh, and so they. Uh, the foreign ministry of Bulgaria put out a statement uh, basically that said uh, the uh, the attitude of the rulers in Macedonia is both humiliating and unacceptable towards the Bulgarian people in the Republic of Bulgaria. Um, this is just hogwash, as we know, uh, playing the victim. They're the, they're, they're, they're the aggressors in this, and too many uh, countries in the European Union and the State Department, I think, are siding with them. Um, but... Back to the Saturday celebration on the 4th, no violence, that's good. Um, I think the Bulgarians had some delegation there that, that you know, laid flowers, etc. the Macedonians mm-hmm. did, etc. But in terms of, of where we are now with the Bulgarians, of course, the Bulgarians, let's see, do they have an election coming up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... It's every t- at any point over the past. It's every years. six to eight months, I think, is the uh, yeah. is, is what they do. So they do it. It's a temporary government. I think that's important to remember. Uh, mm. They do have an. I think they do have another election. I don't know when it is. Let me look it up here while we're talking. Um, but the, you know, and and the goal or the role, the goal actually of of many is to try and get the Macedonian government to pass this constitutional amendment by the end of this. No, by the fall, I believe it is. So. Uh, which right now they're not going to do. By the end, yeah, yeah, by, by by November, I think they would. Say. Right. So the government said November because other, otherwise Albania would advance without us. Yeah. In the EU accession talks. Right. So, um, and I see that the there was a, a an interesting tweet out the other day from the about the Dutch. Uh, okay, here it is. Uh, April second, twenty twenty three is the next mm-hmm. election for Bulgaria. So they're Not they're first. yeah so they're they're in election mode or soon to be in election mode, um, you know so so you know, nothing's going to happen uh, with Bulgaria between now and then they're still going to you know use continue with their bombastic rhetoric towards Macedonia. Um, oh, I know what I started to say the um, the Dutch ambassador whose name I forget uh, uh-huh. met with oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. met with Miskowski recently the leader of Umaro. And uh, basically accused Vomero of holding sure. Macedonia back from its... What's the phrase they're using? European orientation, I think. Is that the new phrase? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's European, yeah, they yeah, European orientation or something like that. Basically saying yeah. that any anything you do that we don't like is against our European orientation. Um, yeah, that's the same guy who famously told uh, the country that... Uh, we need to, sh- uh, you know, pinch our nose and swallow this. Alone. Oh, the the so-called French proposal. That was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was the yeah, yeah. Like even even SDSM people were like, dude, like please don't don't put it like that. Well, it was horrible. It yeah. Well, interesting that sort of some were saying that as well. It's it's condescending. It's elitist. Now, yeah. we all know that the various Western ambassadors in Macedonia are all. To one degree or another, condescending and elitist, and mm. it is there. And you know, as I like to say, you know, with with uh, the U.S. embassy being on top of Kale looking down, the, the the these folks, you know, tend to to look look down at Macedonians, believe that the Macedonians are peasants, and then piss yeah. on them from great heights. And the U.S. from the height yeah. example, it's from the heights of Kale, uh, and all of these ambassadors. My ambassador, the Dutch ambassador, all the ambassadors, their main focus right now is on getting Macedonia to change its constitution to include the Bulgarians. So Bulgaria will lift its veto mm. so that we can move to the next step where either Bulgaria or Greece raises objections on something else. Okay? Yeah. That is the whole game, and it is a game. Um, and, and there will be more objections from something. I mean, we still have the... Uh, the um, historical commission between the, the Macedonians and the Bulgarians that meet from time to time, and all mm. of those issues that haven't been solved. Um, and, and well, they have now a great issue. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the, 
the Bulgarians, they have a perfect issue, which is minority rights, which is historically always raised when you want mm. something with your neighbor mm -hmm. to <laughs> interfere. And of course, the Zayev-Borisov Treaty from 2017 actually gives Bulgaria the right to intervene when uh, its citizens, not ethnic minority, but its citizens are affected. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, we started having problems with uh, uh, the clubs that were opened and with the openly self-declared Bulgarians in Macedonia. Right. And just, you, were, you were going somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. No, no, no. I, I was going to tie it into this note I wrote myself here. Uh, this is an article in the Canadian newspaper, The Star. Uh, remember the uh -huh. um, the uh, Macedonian Language Center in, in Greece uh, that was uh, set up, I think, last year? Uh, there, was, there was much rejoicing uh, when, when that opened because... You know, all of these these um, individuals that supported the name change, both in Macedonia and uh, critically the internationals, pointed to that and said, oh, look, this is a positive example of something coming out of Prespa. Uh, well, mm. this uh, article in the Star said that the, the Center for Macedonian Language uh, has been challenged by the public prosecutor in Greece because on the decision, on, on the basis that, quote, no such language exists in Greece. Uh, and that it represents a yeah. clear and present danger to the Greek state. So I need to follow up on that and see if they shut it down. They probably will. Uh, that also ties in with you know the supposed benefits of Prespa and the so-called Treaty of Good Neighborly Friendship and whatever it is with Bulgaria. Uh, remember, Svetin folks celebrated hey, uh, the um, the flights between Skopje and Athens and, and Skopje yeah. and um, uh, Sofia. Uh, which both lasted for, I think, about 15 minutes. Uh, was Athens abolished? I forget. I Sofia so. is abolished. Sofia is abolished, I yeah. Think, yeah. I think, yeah, I think... Is Athens still... I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I think it was like once a week. I have to double-check that. Okay, well... Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so the, this, these supposed benefits, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you give up your name and your identity for airplane flights between... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, well... I mean, if, if the the inter, the, uh, the the liberal elites, the liberal progressive elites in in Macedonia and in the international community look at that and and say that's a yeah. fair trade, nah, I don't think so. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the club in Blagojevgrad that was open, the cultural center, uh, um, Macedonian center in Blagojevgrad in Pirin, Macedonia, in Bulgaria, mm -hmm. that had its windows smashed uh, while the celebration in Skopje was ongoing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, practically, you know, uh, the um, uh, the perpetrators were actually employed in the uh, municipal, I don't know, in the municipality of Blagojevgrad. Mm -hmm. And the mayor was asked, are you going to fire them, are you going to punish them? But because at the same time there was a scuffle at the border, uh, and uh, he said, okay, if they fired the Macedonian police who... Caught, who attacked uh, our Bulgarian citizens, then I will fire my employees. So practically, you know, this is going to end without any sanction, any penalty. At the same time, the center in Greece, in Lirin, mm -hmm. uh, just across Bitola, uh, across the border from Bitola, it faced uh, like a neo-Nazi march mm -hmm. uh, from the f uh, nationalist groups in Greece. And now it's facing... Uh, I think uh, the Macedonian Human Rights Movement International had a statement. It fa uh, they're helping this club uh, fend off legal challenges. They're facing like, I think, a dozen. Uh, like anybody can file a, a charge that they're discriminated, they feel threatened by the existence of this club, and they're, now they're facing both from the prosecutor of Lirin, but also from uh, organizations, parties, uh, individuals, I guess. They're facing... Charges they will, they will have to go to court uh, um, endlessly now to try to stay open. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. But the main incidents, practically the the main uh, so so uh, the reason why the gathering in Skopje was so uh, you know uh, uh, there was a lot of tension uh, mm -hmm. surrounding it. Uh, this is uh, this we were supposed to gather for the. To honor the 151st yep. anniversary of Gutsa Delchev's birth, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in the Senspas church where he's buried after, you know, he was killed in fighting the Ottomans in Greece, then buried in uh, Sofia for a while, and then 
Bulgaria gave the, his body, his mortal remains to Macedonia shortly after the Second World War, while the region was in a flux and we were all negotiating whether to form one large federation, communist federation, or how we organize our, the, the future of the region. And there was a, a period when Bulgaria recognized Macedonians and uh, um, gave away Gotsodelchev as the Macedonian hero. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a position that the Bulgarian government then quickly reversed after its then leader Georgi Dimitrov died and was replaced by uh, Todor Zhivkov, who took mm -hmm. a more nationalist position. And by the, this time Yugoslavia was out of the Soviet bloc and Macedonia with it, so relations were pretty bad. Uh, and uh, the gathering was a problem because we had before this the gathering of a group of Bulgarian nationalists, a pretty large group, for the anniversary of the uh, assassination of a Serbian occupation police colonel, uh, Vilimir Prilic, by a Macedonian patriotic woman, uh, Mara Bunava, mm -hmm. who has been completely shunned in Macedonia, her memory, because, you know, we were buddy buddies and our government were under the Serbian influence, under strong Serbian control. So because she killed a Serbian, she was put to the side. And the Bulgarians obviously adopted her because we wouldn't honor her. So this gathering was uh, very tense. There was a lot of shouting that Macedonia is Bulgarian. There were politicians from uh, a member of European Parliament, uh, Jambaski, <laughs> the leader of the new resurgent uh, Bulgarian Nationalist Party, Vazrejdinia, the renewal, Kostadin Kostadinov, mm -hmm. and uh, all of this was very tense. Shortly after was the beating in Ohrid of uh, a young kid who is a self-declared Bulgarian as of recently, uh, which immediately became uh, uh, a huge issue between the two countries. He was airlifted to Sofia, receiving treatment. He has now been awarded uh, protection in Bulgaria, an apartment, uh, fee. His mother met with uh, uh, Borisov. And then he met with President Radev. So he's doing like a circuit of the polit main politicians. So mm. he's practically now sort of like a hero there. Um, and um, because of this beating, these Bulgarian nationalists who were in Skopje before, they said, we're coming again. And the uh, Macedonian group said, no, we will fight you. We will prevent you from desecrating Kotsadolchev's grave with Bulgarian flags and blah, blah. So it was a pretty tense situation. And the response was the following. The government deployed huge police presence. It was so over the top with TV cameras ready to film the, uh, you know, this pretty dystopian mm. images of, you know, uh, marching police, mm. uh, you know, dogs on the leash, very professionally done. Like they had this as a PR exercise. Mm. It's probably because the interior minister is feeling threatened in the government, so he wanted to make a show of force for himself, not only f for the country, with helicopters overhead and everything. But they wouldn't ban the individual nationalist leaders from Bulgaria who made these statements as persona non grata. Mm -hmm. So they did this, the stupidest possible imaginable solution they had. Like, the, the, our border police feigned that the electricity is out right. at the border crossing when these guys were early in the morning when they were driving towards Skopje. So they practically blocked, I think, Bulgarians say about 200 people who wanted to come to the honoring. And uh, these guys got understandably angry at the border police. They were shouting at the police. At one point, this was not recorded. At one point, a scuffle, a fight broke out. Mm. So we arrested uh, two protests, two practically activists, and one member of parliament from this nationalist party. Uh, so we had them in uh, detained briefly and then uh, charged with assaulting a police officer and uh, they, they were now issued bans. They cannot return to the country for a while and, uh, I don't know, some fee was uh, given to them in the court in Kriva Palanka. But, uh, you know, obviously... <laughs> Our police was lying, obviously it was not. No. They did not yeah. uh, have an, a power outage. 
there, the Bulgarian interior minister was in Skopje to coordinate the police activities, but he also wanted to attend the honoring and to uh, you know, walk side by side with our interior minister as, he, as uh, a united delegation. Because this is very important for the Bulgarians to show that Macedonia agrees that Goza Delchov is Macedonian and a Bulgarian hero, and that we are honoring him together, not as two countries, but as one nation. Mm -hmm. uh, our interior minister refused this. Um, they had a small group of, of Bulgarians who live in Skopje, who did not have to cross the border, joined the interior minister. They had a Bulgarian delegation, but uh, with the incident on the border, which obviously Bulgaria claims, and their media say that uh, their people were harassed and eventually attacked by the police. We don't have the footage to see what's what. That's because there was the that's because there footage... was a power outage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the previous footage had the Bulgarians pretty agitated at the police, and then our ministers again from Zaev's camp, which was very active in this issue. Uh, one of the ministers, the agriculture minister, is from Kriva Palanka, and he said, my friend uh, Darko, I think was the name of the policeman, look how, you know, well, he handled these Bulgarians pr provocateurs, I don't know, mm. how he, uh, very proud of him, the interior ministry announced that they're going to give 10% uh, like pay raise to all the police who were involved in the uh, securing the, you know, practically turning uh, this part of Skopje into a police zone, into a military zone for the honoring. So uh, the government was very strong, feeling very strong. But then when they saw the reaction on the Bulgarian side that their people were not allowed across the border, the incident with the members of parliament, the delegation, the Bulgarian interior minister here was joking. He said, next time I will donate you several diesel generators <laughs> for the border crossing it if that's where you are at. But it's also an issue of, listen, we're obstructing flow of people. We are under very strict EU conditions that we are not supposed to obstruct the flow of EU member state citizens. Mm -hmm. It's not a laughing matter when you're trying to apply, join the EU and you're uh, pulling these types of shenanigans. You can have an individual persona non grata order, but you cannot, like pretend that there is a power outage when everybody knows you're lying. <laughs> uh, so the beatings, the, then immediately afterwards, the uh, Macedonian center was smashed in uh, Blagojevgrad. Our parliament adopted uh, a law that uh, the Bulgarian clubs will have to change their names because they're, named, uh, they're declared as named after Nazi sympathizers. One of the clubs is going to agree to this, the other will not. Uh, so this is going to be an issue. So this was all raised as new and new issues by the Bulgarians, and they're smarter now. They're not debating history, they're debating minority rights. Mm. And they have beatings to show for, they have uh, shots fired at uh, one of the clubs uh, in Ohrid, like months ago. The other club in Bitola had the entrance torched. So they have like a dossier which they can obviously point to and say, listen, this is happening. So, yeah, this is now, we're firmly in uh, veto territory with the Bulgarians with regard to our EU accession talks and in deteriorating relations with them, like, significantly. That's a good, uh, good wrap-up there of the, uh, of the events around the 151st anniversary. Um, thank you. Um, I think, you know, again, all of this comes, you, you just mentioned that they're, they, the Bulgarians, are, are, are playing the um, minority rights card. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, it works both ways. Uh, if there are individuals in Macedonia that self-identify as Macedonian citizens, but with a Bulgarian consciousness, mm -hmm. then the opposite is also true in Bulgaria. There are Bulgarian citizens that identify as Macedonians with a Macedonian consciousness, and the same thing in Greece. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, Greece has solved that problem by not recognizing recognizing any ethnic minorities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and and the European Union sits by and says, "Oh yes, of course, you're right." So, uh, I mean, ultimately, 
there is massive amounts of hypocrisy going on here uh, within the European Union, within yeah, the State Department, true. et cetera. And ultimately, it comes down to the issue of power. Mm. Stronger states can force weaker states to do their will. Stronger institutions can force weaker states, weaker institutions to do their will, etc. I think the question for the Macedonians is, knowing this to be the fact, uh, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you respond to it? How do you um, come up with creative solutions to do end runs around it? I think you can. I'm not going to sit here and try and come up with those solutions. I have, I have some ideas, and we can talk about those perhaps in another podcast. But, mm. but I do think, and, and I was thinking about this last night, interestingly enough, because I'm actually going up. Uh, they're doing the um, uh, Arizona State University in Tempe, which is you know right outside of Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Uh, is um, uh, they do the Mary Chonkoff lecture every year. Mary Chonkoff was a Macedonian librarian mm. at Arizona State University for many years. And when she passed away, I think in the 90s, she left a small endowment to do a, a lecture each year. Uh, generally, mm. not necessarily about Macedonia, but maybe the Balkans, etc. Uh, and tonight, uh, they're, they're holding this lecture with Milcho Manchevsky. Uh, so I'm going up to that. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, really? Yeah. And uh, about 10, what was it, 10, 2010, so 13 years ago, wow. Uh, I, was, I gave the lecture with um, our film, our documentary film, The Name is a Name. Mm. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting. But I was thinking about this in the context. What was I thinking? Oh, now I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, I know. Uh -huh. So all of these issues that we have been talking about here since the Zayev, Kovachevsky, Ahmeti government came to power in 2017. During this time, in the past six years now, really, uh, the level of interest in and love for Macedonia and all things Macedonian by the Macedonian, Macedonians, has really increased, I think. I mean, that's the paradoxical effect of, the, of, of what Greece and Bulgaria supported by their friends, the, their, the progressives in the Macedonian government and the progressive elites in you know, the State Department, the European Union. That's, that's interesting. And I think we, we have friends on Twitters and et cetera that have pointed this out, and it's true. Uh, the level of, of interest in Macedonian history and culture and language and Everything that is Macedonian has really increased, which is good, I think. Um, now, that doesn't solve any of these issues of supposed or of actual vetoes by 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 Greece and, and or Bulgaria. Uh, but but this is you know there's smart people in Macedonia. They can get people have got to get together and figure this out how to do end runs around this. And I think it can be done. Uh, yeah, as you said, we have no power here to raise the issues mm -hmm. in the EU or elsewhere. And, and uh, as we discussed before, this is like a, I think a perfect distillation, what we have with uh, the case of this guy, Christian Pendikov, who was beaten up in, in Ohrid. Mm -hmm. um, we've discussed this before here. We have the guy, uh, this guy, he was, uh, there is, uh, he had an interview yesterday in, in Bulgaria for a Bulgarian outlet. He's saying, I'm a Bulgarian. This needs to be resolved with me being allowed to come back to North Macedonia, he said, mm. uh, and uh, live there as Bulgarian without being harassed or anything. <laughs> and then there is like, uh, we're going back, uh, there is, uh, the footage goes on uh, of him like five years ago uh, at the time of the uh, colored revolution. Mm -hmm. He was an activist of Vemera in the youth group in, uh, in Ohrid, young kid, like maybe underaged. Mm -hmm. And he's loud and shouting, we will not let uh, the Albanians take our country, we will not give our, away our name, this is Macedonia. You know, a patriotic Macedonian kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a viable even career path here. You're a, like a sports fan, uh, join a group which has a patriotic uh, name or something, and then um, you work with the local businessman like you're either in the club or in the restaurant he owns. And, you know, uh, after a while you become either muscle or a nationalist politician, depending on your, on your background. He was obviously like a kid who was looking for a calling, looking for a cause. Mm -hmm. He found, which, you know, could be, you know, inner, in, uh, you know, his own, for his own uh, self or, you know, as, as I said, as a career path, uh, in the Balkans, which is 
which is a viable career path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, this was, under Gruevsky, this was uh, an option. You could be a proud young Macedonian and could actually expect that this will turn to your benefit, uh, uh, both financially and uh, professionally or whatever. Uh, but now we have, from the government, we are suppressing the Macedonian identity, we are negotiating the history, we are putting in prison people like Pendikov who are protesting. I mean, it's he might have very easily been part of the protesters who stormed the parliament, and he could have been prison as a Macedonian hero now. It's, it could have been very... He was actually attending those very same protests in Ohritem. I, I assume he went to Skopje for the protests as well. Um, but uh, through the media, through the, you know, intelligentsia, through the NGOs, we made it completely not unfashionable and shameful even to promote Macedonian history, Macedonian identity. You know, it was said, if you are talking about Macedonian, the Macedonian nation, you're just covering up for the criminals in the government, for Gruevsky, blah, blah, blah. And the kid was left without this avenue. And he found another. There was a club who opened in Bulgaria, in uh, Bulga Bulgarian club in Ohrid. He knew probably somebody got invited. It's the similar career path. You can still be like either a muscle for a local businessman now with Bulgarian affiliations for a club or for a cultural center or something. Uh, the police said that he was uh, running drugs as well. This is not, this is part of this career path which I'm describing, but they strongly distrust our police that it will give you the actual facts on, especially on people who are identified as political opponents, whether through Vimero or whether through Bulgarian activism. But yeah, he one uh, potential draw for him was closed, one potential cause was uh, dispersed, and now he found another one. And, and now the, the left is dunking, oh, look all the, look at the Vimera people, they are, you know, this guy was a big uh, Vimera guy, he was going to protect Macedonia, now he is a Bulgarian. I said, yeah, yes, okay. <laughs> Do you not see your, uh, how, how you contributed to this happening? <laughs> Do you not see your fault in, yeah. in this development? Mm -hmm. And now there is even talk about this idea that, uh, Practically, the government that's being made here, it's not uh, uh, a government for the next year, which we have until the next general elections in 2024, but it's, it's actually a permanent uh, coalition of SDSM, DUI, and the Alliance of Albanians. So the uh, being, you know, forged in the, in the basements on, uh, of the US Embassy on uh, Mount Kala, uh, that uh, in the next election, 2024, these three parties are going to run together and they will try to practically beat Vimera, which is obviously much stronger than ISDSM now in the polls, and that we will practically have a permanent Albanian-dominated government in, the, in Macedonia. That, uh, so this would be like a, a coalition of the Albanian parties and the one, let's still call it the Macedonian party, ISDSM, made up of the people who care the least about Macedonian national identity and history and heritage. So, you know, we could actually have like a very serious assault and blow to the Macedonian cause uh, turned into an institutional permanent feature of this country, that uh, this would be made, they probably won't get to a two-thirds majority, but with a lot of arrests and bribes and blackmails and the support from the U.S. Embassy, they could get to... Uh, win elections, and this would mean, uh, you know, a permanent end to the possibility of having a, a Macedonian party defending Macedonian national interests in government. I mean, as you say, there is uh, potential, we, it can be turned around, but it can also continue in along this path, and people will continue to discover somebody has some Vlak ancestry, it's also, you know, there are a lot of Vlak comp owned companies, mm -hmm who you can, you know, turn to some uh, have Bulgarian, Serbian ancestry, they're going to discover it uh, if, uh, you know, 
the Macedonian cause continues to be criminalized, persecuted here in Macedonia, mm. not to mention <laughs> the other countries. I mean, it's one thing to, to have Macedonian clubs persecuted in in Greece, for example, but uh, we're actually actively doing this in Macedonia now. Yeah. So, yeah. Under this government. Yeah. Well, again, you know, it's up to the it's up to the Macedonian, up to the Macedonians to decide, you know, how they want to. They have it. Macedonians have it within their own power to change things, uh, and it, it may look like everything's stacked against you, and yet there are examples in history. And examples in Macedonian history, I think, when the tide has been turned back in favor of, of, of the Macedonians. So, um, mm-hmm. maybe that's a good place to stop. Yeah. yeah, let's 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 uh let's let's end on a high note there. Um, we'll, we'll we'll come <laughs> after I, I drag the podcast into the <laughs> no. basement and beat it up with the club. <laughs> uh, you know, all things are possible, but not not all things are probable. So, yeah. you know, all of these things we've just mm-hmm. talked about are possible, but you, when you start assigning probabilities, then that's a, that's a different issue. But all right, well, we'll 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 pick it up again in another week, ten days, whatever, as we try and get back into a more regular schedule of these podcasts, and we'll 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 see what the government, you know, and maybe we'll come back sooner, depending on you know what you, what we started off with talking about the government reshuffle and. If uh, if the Dewey faction leaves, um, yeah, then things could things could change dramatically and rapidly, and we could be facing you know, early elections. We might have to make an emergency podcast. Actually, Mitskovsky was announcing uh, a major development mm. coming. Okay. Some people thought it's it might be the government vote. Some people uh, expect actually uh, this could easily be. What's it? Today is the fifteenth. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow we are uh, waiting for uh, a decision of the uh, European Court in Strasbourg, mm-hmm. Court of Human Rights. Uh, after um, basically, they're going to render a verdict on the amnesties that Ivanov gave to the oh. about fifty people. Right. Yeah. So this could it could be a major major upset. Mm. Uh, it will deserve an entire podcast if it is a positive decision mm-hmm. if the amnesties are upheld and uh, and how the government will react there is no telling at this moment but it could be a major so we, we could have emergency podcasts on two grounds both the government maybe not getting to 61 or 64 mm-hmm. or uh, the whole re- really litigating the whole colored revolution why it happens situation. All right, I like that. Let's leave. We'll 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 end this on a cliffhanger then. <laughs> yeah. We got to get this. We got to get this one out today. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold hold the press. All right. Good. <laughs> yes. Hold the hold the press. Yeah. yeah. It's such yeah. an antiquated. What a what an adorable idea. The press. Uh, it, there is no more paper printed. So. Uh, good. Dude, I'm 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 in my mid forties, and my entire industry in which I worked for so long is has disappeared, uh, and it's considered like. A boomer <laughs> thing to have worked on. In actual print, yes. Yeah. Oh. Dude. Okay, that's a good wrap. Uh, we may talk soon. We may talk in two weeks. Okay. Great. Sure. Take care, buddy. Take care. Bye. Bye.